0: DJ L. Spade, Common Knowledge Podcast. And I'm here with one of the most accomplished people I know, super smart, intelligent, anchor, reporter, and does it all while managing to balance a family. Most of you guys yeah. cannot do that. And I have the uh, amazing Jennifer Horbell here.
1: <laughs> Hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> First, let me say thank you for doing this, because <laughs> you didn't have to do it.
1: No, so what, it's six, six, a little after 6.30, almost seven our time and I'm not going to lie to you because I, I work nights and so this is really early for me so you're lucky I just happen to be up early anyway <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> otherwise i would have laughed at you when you tell me 6 30 a.m oh yeah I know quite the sacrifice my kid's about to be up anyway he's totally changed my he used to sleep in until like 9 or 10 and now he's up bright and bright and early as my punishment um but, uh, <laughs> but anyway so yeah I'm happy to be here man I think mean, you're doing great things I know this isn't about you but you're doing great things.
0: So. You know what? You humbled me, man. Like, seriously, uh, <laughs> just a little background history for everybody. Me and Miss Horbelt went to uh, college together. And yep. let me say, you many, was Many, always... many, many, many moons many ago. Many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> and you was always one of the smartest, most accomplished, hardworking people in college. So if I never told you, man. Like, I really had a, a big Aww. inspiration from you. And uh Thanks. had a crush on your sister. <laughs> oh, right. For I know. Yeah. She's super hot.
1: <laughs> She's going to be so excited
0: to hear that. <laughs> Jumping right into it. So yes. you are in the media. And I wanted to have uh-huh. you on to talk about media because it's this perception that everybody in the media yeah. are in this secret cabal of uh, oh, rich know. people and uh-huh. sprinkling in a little anti-Semitic slurs in there. Oh, yeah. And, uh-huh. and that's like who everybody in the media works for. So m- first, yeah. Ms. Horbel, are you a cog in a machine?
1: Well, to be fair, we probably all to a point are cogs in a machine. I would say, though, that um, it's not what people think. It's not what people think. Um, I mean, I know that at least our newsroom, we operate very independently from those that handle the money. Okay, so I, I work for an organization called Paxton Media Group. They own WPSD and they own a bunch of newspapers in our particular region, which is like the West Kentucky, Southern Illinois, Northwest Tennessee region. Um, but then they also own newspapers all the way over the East coast. Uh, and you know, while we do see like our general manager um, who happens, he's the general manager of the TV station and he's the uh, publisher for the Paducah Sun, the newspaper here in town among many other newspapers locally. Um, while he does pop down, um, I mean, he doesn't dictate what goes on air and what doesn't go on air on a daily basis, and certainly those that are higher up at Paxson Media Group don't. Now, that's not to say that there aren't certain like policies to be followed and certain things that like we know as, as an organization are brand our branding. That's our brand. So if something happens big, that's like breaking news or something like that. Um, you know, that's something that we want to be on top of because that's our brand. We are breaking news. We're happening now. Um, the, another great uh, example of like a policy that, that we would follow, generally speaking, is the suicide. We don't cover suicides. Um, and that's not necessarily unless it's, unless it's like a celebrity or somebody local that's really well known or there's some extenuating circumstances surrounding it. But that's kind of a standard for our company. And it's actually standard for a lot of companies. Um, and that's also not to say that there aren't times that management doesn't step in. I can't think of an example right now at, at WPSD, but, um, but I know I've heard of other examples at other places where management might step in and say, hey, this is not, um, this is not the way this needs to be covered or whatever. But that's not to say that, um, that there isn't a lot of editorial control in a newsroom. I mean, we, we have discussions every single day about what we're gonna cover, how we're gonna cover it, why we're covering it that way. Um, sometimes that discussion is super short and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's not, um, I would say that at multiple times a week, uh, we have discussions about, is this really the way we should be covering this? Is this a story we should be covering at all? Um, is the way that we're covering this, um, insensitive or is the way that we're covering this, uh, causing more harm than it is, uh, helping, um, minimizing harm is something big we talk about in our newsroom. Uh, you know, our job is to inform and to educate the to keep people in the loop about what's going on. And sometimes journalists get wrapped up in, this is how, you know, we have to get every single tiny little detail out there about a story. And that, and that is important and we do, but there are also sometimes details that maybe shouldn't be shared or don't necessarily add to um, the storyline. And a great example would be, you know, if we were covering a sexual assault, um, mm. we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't name the victim, even though the victim's name is public record. Uh, you know, if you wanted to go down to the courthouse and, and look up, uh, you know, an affidavit or whatever, uh, for, you know, a sexual assault that took place, you could, you would know every single name of everybody that was involved, including the victim. And yes, that's a fact in the case, but we're not going to put the name of a victim of a sexual assault on television. Sometimes it's not about the name, and it's about the relationship. We covered um, a child sexual assault case uh, earlier this week, and we talked about um, the fact that I mean, we weren't going to say what the relation was between the man and the girl because in doing that, we essentially identify the victim, even if we don't name the the victim. So those discussions are happening internally all the time. Um, that's not to say that there aren't situations where the man steps in. The man, call oh him man, um, <laughs> makes me sound even older. He's here. He's over here too. Oh, he's here. He's all. Yeah, he's everywhere. That's not to say that the man doesn't at times step in and probably, um, you know, change things or or make decisions that are not aren't something that we as journalists agree on. But you know. This is another kind of a nuance, but, you know, as journalists, we don't like to consider ourselves bought and sold. Okay, that would be the great I would say that would be considered for me the greatest offense to think that you could you could buy and sell what I'm going to cover. But at the same time, we kind of sort of do that because we sponsor certain things are sponsored. So, for example, our weather our weather, uh, we have live weather cameras and they're sponsored by a local attorney. And so um, because it's sponsored by a local attorney, we're expected during weather to touch on those cameras, to mention those cameras and who they're sponsored by. And so um, in some ways, you know, um, that's controlling editorial control by, my dog wants to get involved. You never want to talk to me right now. This is Rambo.
0: (laughs) No, he's welcome, man. Really? Y'all, I need the ratings. <laughs> Come on get here. Bring that cuteness.
1: <laughs> is about me. This isn't about you. No, just...
0: <laughs> but, but real quick to touch on something you said, like, how is the news gathering process? Cause I think a lot of people are ignorant to like, how do you choose a story? Like you, you broke down, like all the, the care that goes into um, picking a story, which I worked in TV for five years myself. Right. And I, it's one yeah. thing coming from me, nobody trusts me. I'm just a dude talking on the <laughs> internet, right? So somebody somebody's <laughs> no. still in the business, it makes like way more of an impact. Dude, they don't trust me
1: either. I'm the media, right? I'm the enemy. I'm the enemy of the people.
0: <laughs> I, you know what? I, you're killing the lead because I want to talk about that too, like the negative perception we'll of, of media yeah. people right like
1: now. Everybody's evil. Of which we could go, oh, we could go on and on and on about that. But yes, no. I mean, yes, Care, careful care and consideration. Goes into just about every story. That's not to say that that there aren't days where we kind of have to fight against what would be Mm. typical of any job, which is the grind of uh, just get just fill the time for the newscast, just fill the time for that. We just need to get some stories in there. Um, You know, we we try to look at it as every story has a purpose, and actually we look at it at at the newscast as the story of the day. So it's which is made up of many things that have happened. And how do all those stories come together to tell you the kind of the story of the day where, where you live? Um, and sometimes we, we do a good job of that. Sometimes we don't do a good job of that. Um, we can always do better. Um, and we, we do. We talk about that every single day. But no, I mean, uh, you know, my shift, I work nights, which it, obviously I'm usually not awake at this time. But um, I, I'm usually going in at 1:30 and We have an afternoon meeting where we talk about the stories that are in the five and the six o'clock newscast. And if we need to add anything else, and um, uh, again, how we're covering those stories? Does do these stories actually need to be in the newscast?
0: Where do the stories um, come from, though? Like when you like oh. when you come into the meeting, where do the stories come from? Yeah,
1: so kind of all over the place. Um, we have we're fed information from the Associated Press, um, also because AP, we're an NBC baby. affiliate, <laughs> AP baby. Um, also because we're an NBC affiliate, we get information from NBC. We get video. We get um, we get uh, stories we get uh everything from all across the country uh um, but
0: does A- nbc dictate what goes on at your local station does it does it dictate no oh no. you hear that people Mm-mm. ABC doesn't have their their claws in there
1: i can't call lester i wish i could i love lester oh my god but anyway i do lester if you're watching i love you um but uh no i cannot call lester um, and that's not to say that there aren't again some branding things that, that because we're an NBC affiliate, we we want to match the mothership, so to speak. Nice. So we we use the, the logo and we um and we say we're an NBC affiliate. And if NBC is running a big, you know, special or whatever, we're gonna we're gonna push to you know, nightly news, or we're going to push to Dateline, maybe tease for it. Um, Sometimes they do um, like special election coverage. Like usually they call their special election coverage decision, whatever year it is. So this (laughs) last year was Decision 2020. We took on that branding. Exactly. We took on that branding. So anytime we did an election story, we called it Decision 2020, just Mm -hmm. like they did. So there's some like matching there, but like overall, no, we choose what goes in our newscasts.
0: We choose it. The newsroom chooses it. That's so very important to make a distinction. You guys choose Because everybody has Mm -hmm. this idea that all the corporate overlords are deciding what stories go in each and every location. Which, uh, can can we kind of talk about that? Like, people think media, I'm sorry, news media, make a distinction. News media (laughs) is this Mm -hmm. omnipotent thing. Like, you guys should cover everything all the time. I know. And just know about it. <laughs> when something is missing, it's your guy's fault.
1: Right? Well, first of all, we try to remind people that the way we get stories, is we we do get stories from the AP and NBC, but we also are fed stories by our viewers, um, email, phone call. And then our reporters are constantly cultivating stories. We call it enterprising. So they're mm-hmm. coming up with ideas, which would not be your typical like if there's a let's say there's a fire, that's not something that somebody has to think up. Oh, I need to cover a fire today and It's going to, you know, that's just breaking news. It's something that happened. It's an event. But, um, you know, our reporters are talking to people constantly, whether it be officials or it be people out in the community, and they're coming up with story ideas uh, surrounding an issue. So let's say the unemployment issue from the pandemic. We've got reporters that are constantly actually that keep up with a lot of people from the beginning of the pandemic that have been on unemployment since, and they're like wow. tracking what they're doing. It can cover all different angles of the unemployment issue, um, touching base with people in the unemployment office locally at the state level. Um, so they're constantly enterprising stuff. Um, and yeah, so we, we get it from a lot of different sources, but no, it's not an omnipotent big thing that is all the same thing. And frankly, if anything today, it's almost more confusing what the media is because even when we were in school, what twenty years ago now? Our show. Yeah, you showing our age. <laughs> so, which I can't believe it's been twenty years, but um, but I mean, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, even even ten years ago, um, it was a lot clearer what the media was and what it wasn't, what was news and what wasn't. Now we have so many options. Media is just. You can get Marcus, you can get your, you know, your microphone and zoom and, and camera and go live on Facebook. And it may, it may get a lot of watches right now, or it may not, but it also could pick up steam later and people continue to watch it. I mean, this is content, this is media. And, um, and, and that's, this is very different than the traditional sitting down at five o'clock and the anchor is going to read to you what has taken place throughout that day and maybe show you some pictures from it.
0: But do you think there's a danger in that? Yes, I do. Like, cause right, mm-hmm. news media, and I try to distinct, uh, make a distinction between media and news media, because in news media, you have restrictions. You can get liable, yeah. you got slander, you can get sued. Yeah. You have to, the owners on you to fact check. But like I said, me, I'm not media. I'm just a dude talking on the internet, however yeah. it is media. Media, but there's no mm-hmm. like. If I get anything wrong, there really isn't any no regulation. Yeah.
1: No, I mean somebody could sue you if you said something really bad. Um, and you actually, in some ways, the independent journalist is not as protected as probably a journalist that has the power of a company behind them to to. Because we, I mean, Paxton Media Group has a, has an attorney has attorneys on retainer. I mean, we we have to deal with them to talk to them about filing FOIAs, Freedom of Information Act requests. Mm. Um, We had a a situation um, where somebody claimed one of our reporters was trespassing on their property and the attorneys had to step in. And I mean, that's something that's constant. We were denied an open records request uh, by a local county. Actually, the local county never even responded to our open records request. Our attorneys had to step in at the state level and file a lawsuit to get that turned over to us. So um, that's helpful. Somebody like you doesn't necessarily have the power of that, the money, nope. the resources, <laughs> the knowledge behind you to know how to do that. But, um, but that doesn't leave you, uh, that doesn't make you safe from, you know, just saying whatever you want and somebody not stepping in and going, you ruined my business or you, you know, did X, Y, and Z. And, um, we're starting to see that with some of these, uh, like independent, I mean, Alex Jones would be a great example. Yes. Um, <laughs> I guess, you yeah. know, I mean, and he did have a little bit of a, of a, of a powerhouse behind him because he had a large following and he had been doing it for a while, but I mean, he's somebody that has, you know, kind of spouted off a lot of things and has had to walk it back because he's gotten not only pushback, but he's also been threatened with lawsuits. I think he's been sued. Um, If I remember correctly, Um, (laughs) I'm sure multiple times, I have a feeling multiple times. So, um, you know, but that's the other thing too, is this, you and I are just talking right now. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that we're talking about things that are untrue, but I would say that there's truth, but also opinion. This is my feeling about things, just like this is your feeling about things in your, in your experience. Um, that's different than working throughout the day in a newsroom and looking through stories and calling and confirming and verifying things um, or trying to seek that information out and going on air and attributing that information to someone that has, you know, confirmed it to us.
0: Yo, what's up, DJ L Spade, Common Knowledge Podcast. If you like my podcast, maybe you'll like my music too. I humbly ask that you go listen to my music on Spotify, Apple Music, or other music streaming service providers. Thank you. I would like to touch on that because this is one point of contention with everybody. Yeah. Sources. So (laughs) when it says sources. Yeah. And can you explain like how you get the sources, where they're coming from? Is it true? So first of all, first of all, sources,
1: let me tell you something right now. I, I am not a believer in anonymous sources. Mm. Except in extreme circumstances, there are extreme circumstances, and um, a great example I can think of is when I first started working here. I had been maybe a month or two in. There was um, this murder case locally that had been ongoing for like a decade. They had never, ca- you know, got the guy who who killed this girl, and um, and it was just kind of an, a, a case that kind of haunted the area, and. Um, it just so happened that we got a phone call that these people had been arrested and it was a woman who was close to the case and knew the case, but we didn't feel like we could, she wasn't an official of any kind. So we didn't feel like we could, we could go with that, but we were able to get someone who was directly involved with the case to confirm it to us. But the, but the caveat was uh, they, they would did not want to be named, but, It was through myself and through another reporter and through our news director having conversations with this person and this person having a lot of clout in the community and having a lot Mm -hmm. of actual connection to this case that we made the decision that that was enough to go on. It was enough to say a source close to the case Mm -hmm. has confirmed for us that these people have been arrested and face these charges in this case. I mean, that was vetted over a, a full day. We spent. We spent vetting that and having discussions about, is this appropriate? Do we go on air and not say the person who confirmed this for us? Because that's not something we do lightly. That's not to say that there aren't newsrooms that do that, that do take that lightly. But I would say in most cases, journalists don't take that lightly. Confirming of information and vetting of sources I mean our integrity is all we have right? That's literally yes. what we sell ourselves on. Literally what we sell ourselves on. And if we and if we break that trust even one time I and mean, it's like they say you know it takes it takes a second to break trust and it takes a lifetime to build it back up. Brian Williams. You know? <laughs> Brian Williams. I mean that yeah. guy had a prestigious career. Had I it really like Brian Williams. Me too. He had it all. He was no not going anywhere either in fact that's one of my favorite stories about Lester Holt he talked about how there was really nowhere for him to climb and he was preparing to retire. I mean, he was ready to kind of step down and kind of go spend time with his family. And then the Brian Williams stuff happened and there you go. But yeah, I mean, he, his, his, he will, his image will probably never fully recover. And he knows, he knows better than, um, than anyone, the damage that that can do. If you don't, um, oop, I went black for a second here. Oh, can you see me still? There we go. Yeah, there there we um, he, uh, I mean, he knows better than anybody the damage that one lie could do. His lie happened to be a little bit bigger, and I want to say he had a few, more than just one. But no, I mean that's all it takes. I mean that's all it takes. And I've had situations where um, I've gotten things wrong, and I've had to be held accountable for that. Um, I would say probably every journalist has, and in if you're if you're a journalist, it's worth your weight. You are going to hold yourself accountable, and as a newsroom, you're going to hold yourselves accountable. For the mistake you make, and you're going to correct it.
0: Okay, that's um, the thing. Yeah, you, you get things wrong because you're human. I think that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, another, the, the layman, the media can never get anything wrong. Like, oh, how dare you make a mistake? And that's kind of unfair.
1: Well, we're human, right? Right. We're, we're an industry made up of humans. Um, and that's why it's really important that we do have, you know, fact, we have checks and balances within our own industry, but then also we depend on the viewers to, to to check us if we're wrong. Um, and so I think that there's a lot to be said for the viewers holding the media accountable. That should be happening. There's a lot of um, criticism out there that is, in my opinion, not wrong about the media right now. He keeps those examples. Well, I would, I'll give you a great example. The speed at which things are coming out now. <sighs> True. Just the sheer, just the sheer yeah. speed of information. And people, listen, if you're first on breaking a story, that means something. That means something, not just to, to, the, to the actual uh, organization, but it means something to the viewer. Um, but at the same time, if you're first and you were wrong, that also means something to the viewer. And things are coming out at lightning speed now. You have the ability on your phone to go live. Reporters have the ability to go live now Um, from anywhere as long as they've got a cell signal and to put speculation out a lot of times we're out of the scene and we're going live and we're talking about what we're seeing and what we've heard as opposed to this is what's been confirmed for us when we go on the air at five o'clock here's what we know from you know whoever this is what we've gathered so news if anything is is an evolving throughout the day it's literally we're covering the story throughout the day for you live as it's happening as opposed to we spent the day gathering and at five o'clock we present for you what we have gathered so it's a totally different animal now
0: i'm so glad you said that because (laughs) news today has no nuance or like anything Mm -hmm. it's just about how quick can i get it out feed the beast feed the beast and i hate that
1: it is feed the beast, but you know it's a cultural issue too, and that's why mm. I say we all have to be able to take a step back and go, okay. We, we can sit here, we can point the finger and pardon my French, bitch and moan mm. about how the media does their jobs. Just uh, the Dr. Phil is a great example of right now. He's, get, he's starting to get some flack for the way that that he constructs his show, <laughs> and w- one way or the other, I mean, he's he's a popular guy, but there are some people that are criticizing him or a, exploiting people, but you know what? His ratings are real high. Super high. <laughs> so Super who, high. so the people, you know, you can, you can sit there and you can complain, but people are watching, you're still watching. It's the same Fox News and MSNBC. There's a reason that those two entities are popular and that's because they cater to what makes us, com- what, what to the opinions that we hold and that make us feel comfortable. It's more comfortable to be around someone that agrees with you, right? Right. (laughs) You know, it's more comfortable to listen to information that backs up your beliefs. And so, you know, that's why these more partisan uh, networks do well because they cater to what you and I believe, whatever that may be, which, by the way, I think they're all, I think, I think all political uh, folks are, um, you know, all politicians are, are, are not telling the truth. Ha ha. As a journalist, I should believe that. I don't care who you are, Democrat or Republican. I believe you're hiding something.
0: And it's my job to find it. I'm glad you said (laughs) that. It's a good segue until what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that either you're on one side or the other. I myself, Uh I'm an independent and that goes back to my good old journalistic Mm -hmm. roots. Like, look, yeah, they're all corrupt. <laughs> yeah. I, I truly believe like it's all the same, two wings and the same dirty bird, right? Yeah, However, totally. I need to know what you think. I need the thoughts and the ideas. How yeah. do you stay nonpartisan in this uh, current news cycle and ecosystem?
1: Well, it's even harder now because with social media and everything, we have the ability as people to put out our feelings and our thoughts. And, then, and, and, and you know what? We are human. I have opinions and thoughts. You wanna come say hi real quick to the, to the public? Come here. I'm talking to my friend. I'm talking to my friend, Marcus. This is my little boy. And then I'm gonna, hey, then I'm gonna kick him out. He's waking up. Hey, hey Logan. Hi. How you hi. doing, man? So cool. he's a, Marcus, <laughs> hey, hi, Marcus. Konnichiwa. Oh, no, I'm too tired still. He's gonna go watch some dinosaur shows. Man, lucky kid. <laughs> he's over here talking about media, he he's watching dinosaurs. Oh. TV station. <laughs> I know, right? he thinks daddy has a way cooler job. Um, so daddy's a firefighter. So he thinks daddy has a way cooler job. than mommy. Cool, And though. I'm like, hello, I'm on TV. What? Is, what am I? Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but no, I mean, it is, I, I do have opinions and I do have thoughts about, um, politicians and I did vote and I, you know, and, 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 I'll, I, that's something that I have thoughts and feelings about issues that are national, but also in my community. Um, So I have thoughts about the local tax increase that they're talking about doing, but I have to be very careful about how I, how I put that out there and then how I present myself. um, Because it's very easy for people to assume that because you have a feeling and a thought about something that you're bringing that to the way you cover a story. And, you know, to be fair, you probably are. Everyone has inherent biases. Yeah, you have does. unconscious Which biases, yes. Absolutely. So, so it's important to have a newsroom that is a lot of different voices mm. um, and is questioning that and constantly holding each other accountable for those. Because we have a newsroom that is diverse in terms of thoughts and feelings about That's things. That's my next question. you
0: you beating to me all yeah. of my questions. You've been doing this too Sorry. long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right,
1: probably it's like, hey, go so we we, We've got Republicans, we've got Democrats, we've got people that don't vote, we've got people that vote have voted every election. We've got, I mean, we've got it. We've got young people, we've got older people, we've got, um, pe- we've got people that we've got some uh, g- gals that are from Nigeria. We've got, um, so you know, most of everybody in our newsroom is from all over the place. There's some locals too that grew up here that um, call this a region home. And there's people that are only going to be here two years. There's people that, like me, who have decided to make their careers here and have been here 15 years and have institutional knowledge, regional knowledge. And so, you know, you do have a diverse group of people. Um, hopefully, if you're, do, if, you're, if you're building a solid newsroom, you hopefully have a diverse group of voices that isn't afraid to question not only everything that's coming in, but each other about what's happening and how we're covering things.
0: Yo, DJ L. Spade, Common Knowledge Podcast. If you like my Common Knowledge Podcast, yo, think about checking out my music show on YouTube, Tokyo Stash and Spade. Me and my uncle Stash break down music from all different genres, including punk, rock, and hip-hop. So, yo, if you like this podcast, check me out. It's Tokyo Stash and Spade on YouTube. Tokyo Stash and Spade. Let's talk about this. This is a big one. Uh, in the age oh. of social media, which is seems to be inescapable, it's a necessary evil. Oh, I'm not yeah. like, that uh-huh. big of a fan of it myself. I'm getting old. Yeah. Well, I'm not a fan, but I am a fan.
1: I love it. I love social media. Really? Why so? Well, I, I like being able to connect with people. I, look at it, Social media is allowing us to do this, isn't True. it? True. I haven't seen you in a long, long time. It's been a while. I get, <laughs> yeah, I, I get to keep up with you. Yeah, I get to keep up with you. Um, it, on social media, just seeing what you post and what you're doing, but then we also were able to do this, so there are many good things to social media, I think it's great that it's allowed, in some ways it's pushed journalism forward, it's forcing journalism to evolve, at least from, a, from an industry standpoint, I love social media for that reason, it's forcing us to evolve, but it's all, there are bad things that come
0: with it too. Should it be regulated?
1: Oh, That's a really loaded question um, because I mean, yes, yes, I think that there should be regulation. But at the same time, the concern is because we, we, we talk about this even just with free speech. Um, you look at something like Westboro Baptist Church. I, I think the Westboro Baptist Church, look, and I'll put my opinion out there about this. And if Westboro Baptist Church wants to come and protest me, that's fine. But the Westboro Baptist Church is just disgusting. I mean, they they go and they, and they're disgusting. They're not my cup of tea by any means. That's a nice way of putting it. But you know what? It's their, it's their right to do that. True. And, and I, I don't like it just like, I don't, I'm not a fan of the Confederate flag,
0: but you know Mm -hmm. what?
1: If we start telling people they can't fly the Confederate flag then we have to turn that around on other people.
0: That's been my whole thing with the Confederate flag. I'm Mm -hmm. always, because I'm from the South. I have a a unique, you know, connection with the Confederate flag. And -hmm. my whole thing Mm -hmm. has always been, I've been consistent on this. Like, look, as long as it's not on any federal property or federal land, I don't care. It's your right to own it. If that's the way you want to look, then whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it on pickup trucks, houses, flying in the yard. Uh I don't care. That's your property, man. Go for it. Be free. Have it on your jacket. Wear the bandana. Don't care. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Federal property—that's a problem. And we actually had that situation um, here locally. There was um, uh, a local county that had—I uh, want to say it was a statue and a flag on the actual courthouse in Kentucky property. Yo, yeah. Kentucky wasn't a union. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I I don't have an answer for you on that. I told you I would answer everything I could. I don't have a good answer for you on that one. I do think it's kind of the American spirit or the American Mm. thought process is it's my right. So I'm going to do it. You know, (laughs) I think, I think a lot of it is that, which is just like, just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean you should do it. You know, I have, I have the ability to go jump off of a bridge, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> you know what but I mean? But you could. Like, just because I can, but I could. But just because I can doesn't mean I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's very easy. I don't know. I think it's very easy for us to, to to sit here and say, well, yes, we should regulate it. But that's a really complex, that's a really complex process because it's like, how do you regulate something that is basically like, it, it's the new public gathering space. This mm, social media is now where people get together and, and talk and share ideas. It's, it's, it's not the mall anymore. It's not the, you know, I mean, we just do still get together in person, but th- this is a public space now. So we, how do you regulate that? And what are the repercussions of those regulations? Because there is, there are repercussions for every regulation. I mean, th- this um, we have a veterans and I know I'm bringing up examples, but this is a great example of we, we've got a Veterans Day parade, and this is a story for a little while. And in the Veterans Day parade, they, there was a group of, of uh, a local confederacy group that wanted to march with their flags. Mm. And they're veterans, right? And so what they ended up doing was because they didn't, the city didn't want confederate flags in the parade, what they had to do was they had to ban all flags other than the mm. flag of the United States of America because how do you ban one flag from a taxpayer funded a public mm-hmm. event and not ban others essentially you're infringing upon their free speech it's not like the it's not like the government's waving it it's this local organization that wants to be part of this public parade it was funded by tax dollars so it's a slippery slope
0: so well, that's another thing with social media, right? How do you, cause it has become a public space, but it's privately owned. Yeah. That's the other tricky part. Yeah.
1: And frankly, mm. that's, is it, but, but, but local news stations are privately owned, but in some cases they're publicly, not completely publicly regulated, but publicly regulated. There's a way to do it. There's a way to do it. But, um, I don't claim to be an expert, uh, on, <laughs> on the way to accomplish that, I'm just a dude talking yeah. on
0: the internet, so I ain't got the answers exactly.
1: <laughs> and again, it's a, it's a it's a whole like in order to regulate it, you have to have the manpower to regulate it. True, you have to have the you know, and so we're we're trying to figure out how to regulate something that has exploded almost overnight,
0: mm. and
1: and is being consumed and used by almost every person on this planet. How do you regulate that? How do you control it? You can't. To a, to a certain extent. And that's a lot of power, though, too. That's a lot of power for one company, for one organization. So there really needs to be regulation, but how do you regulate? And it's something that's used in all different countries. This is not an American invention. The social media is not an American only thing. So, um, you know, it, it really would require global, um, you know, uh, coming together, True. which we know how great humans are about coming together. <laughs>
0: oh look how we did during this COVID. i know
1: right i mean seriously but for real though oh dear i've this is what happens when old people try to use technology there we go i'm back am i on the google now yeah (laughs) what huh my space my mom when we when MySpace and facebook were first coming out she called it my face (laughs) she wanted it she wanted a my face Which, honestly, is not a bad name.
0: Yeah, that would her. be a million-dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, she might that's a, a new place.
1: Oh, Carol. Bless her heart. That was a uh, good idea. Anyway. <laughs> Where's that Tom? Shout out to mom.
0: Yeah, Tom, come on back, man. Tom,
1: where are you? Oh, That's my only friend. I wonder what he is doing. What is, yeah,
0: Tom, what is Tom, doing? Tom doing these days, I wonder? Yeah. Just, just, that's the question
1: for journalists everywhere. Journalists. Yeah, Somebody get on Find it. out like, where
0: Tom is. Where's Tom? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> one thing I really want to touch on. Before yeah. I let you go, yeah. there seems to be a scourge of uh, what we call fake news. And let me say that, like, flippantly, because I think fake news, the term has evolved and devolved during the last oh, you know, oh, yes. five years. But, like, real yes. fake news with misinformation. How, as, in your personal opinion, your expert opinion, how can one go about fact-checking stories they find on social media? I know. Well, first
1: of all, Google it. All you got to do is Google it. Literally, that's what I do. I'm not ashamed. Everything that that I hear about, I quickly go to Google and just do a quick Google search and just see what pops up. And pretty quickly, you can tell if something's legit or not. And um, and so you know, if it's not being covered by the main networks, I can uh, by by many credible news sources. Um, then I would say that there's a great likelihood that it is not legit.
0: But what if I don't trust the mainstream media? Because they lame. What if I don't trust them? I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> believe me, I've had that conversation many times. We get lots of phone calls into the newsroom. Um, I, I, I don't know what to tell people. I, I, it, it frustrates me because I feel like we've gotten into this culture now of, of unless I see it, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because there are lots of things that we don't see that we believe in. Right. I mean, religion, that's what religion is, is believing nice. in something that we haven't, that we we're just, we're taking it by faith. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas
1: I'm actually presenting you with, with facts and information. That's that's, you know, not to disreligion. I I'm not disreligion. I'm just saying <laughs> we have this one side of us where we are, we are willing to believe something that we have not seen And, but we have this other side of us that we have all these experts that are literally showing us something and going here, see, look, I don't believe it. I don't believe it because it doesn't line up with my belief system. So, um, you know, we're kind of getting into that mentality. Um, and that, and that may be more of a, an American issue. I mean, you're global. So you, you're over in Japan, so you're, you're, you're maybe getting a, you have enough separation maybe from the USA to know, like, is that just an us thing? Oh, let
0: me tell you something. Yeah, from the outside looking in, uh, as a yeah. squad, a label, a team, a crew, uh, we're looking kind of bozo-ish. Like, right? right? Yes.
1: Yeah. We look like, um, I don't know, we just look like that know-it-all
0: kid in class.
1: Mm-hmm. Where you're like, dude, uh Just because you were right before doesn't mean you're right now. So calm down, you know? Um, and that's not to say I don't lo- love my country. I love my country. But that's... But... But but it's worthy of being criticized and, and we should be criticizing ourselves. We should want to be better. That's what we're built on. Right. To be better than than everybody else, supposedly. So in order to do that, we have to constantly be working on ourselves and criticizing ourselves and looking inward. But it's hard to do that, isn't it? It's not it's not pleasant to turn the mirror back on yeah. ourselves.
0: Looking in the mirror is the hardest thing to do.
1: It is, it really is. And so um, I think right now, and, and, and that kind of goes back to um, this whole fake news thing and this whole like idea of, I, I don't, I don't it's, it's less about what's real and what's not real. And it's more about what I agree with and what I don't agree with. And if I don't agree with something, it's fake news. Um, I mean, I've, wow. I've, I've had people on my page. I literally have posted stories where it's a direct quote from somebody. A great example is this Tucker Carlson thing, right? I posted a story about how Tucker Carlson, who's on Fox News, said something along the lines of that you know pregnant women should not be in the military or ruining the military. And of course, that got a lot of pushback uh, from the military actually, from the Pentagon. Um, and I posted a story about how Tucker Carlson said this and the military in the Pentagon is pushing back. Nothing about that is not factual. I didn't put. That's not an opinion. He said this. This quote, and now other people are responding to it, and this is what they're saying. And I mean, you would have thought that I was the the worst person. I had all these people under there telling me, "How dare you post this? You're you're biased." And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I, how am I biased? This happened. Literally, this happened. you yeah. we- what happened?
0: <laughs> I hate that because we've gotten to the point that if you just put out the information, that means that you're either on one side or the other. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's not that. It's just I'm telling you no. what happened. Like, this is the information. If
1: somebody in the public eye does or says something that gets a hot, uh, gets a big response, or is um, not factual, or whatever that may be, I, I'm going to cover it. I don't care who you are. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care if, if. If I don't care what political party you tie yourself to. Um, if 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 you're the public guy and you say something that is that is whatever, it's, it's going to get covered and you should expect that. And, and our viewers should expect us to do that, should expect us to question. Um, I, I want to believe, Marcus, that like and this is something that I've talked about a lot. We've kind of. We're kind of in this like almost like revolution, I think, when it comes to media and the news. Mm. We've gone through such dramatic changes, major growing pains and continue to go through them. Um, And frankly, news organizations have been slow to change because we're so used to this is where we, the T is where we do the news. This is where we do the news. And that's not how it is anymore. We're having to figure out how to evolve and change to that and how our relationship with the viewer has totally changed than what it Mm. used to be. We used to talk at the viewer. Now we talk with the viewer. It's a conversation literally back and forth. Didn't used to be that. And so um, as it evolves and changes, I think we're going to tip real far this way. And we've kind of been doing that. And mm-hmm. and and I, I want to believe that the pendulum is going to kind of correct itself. Yes. You know what I mean? At some point, we're going to kind of recalibrate and and figure it out. But we all have to be diligent about that. That can't just be a people working in the industry thing. That has to be as a society in general. Um, because ultimately, yes, we produce the news, but we produce what people are watching and what they're interested in, what matters to them. And, um, and so what is interesting and matters to you, I mean, if you're watching it, if you're responding to it, if you're interested in it, that's going to, that's naturally the media is going to gravitate toward that you know?
0: Yeah, it's a participation sport. Yes, a participation sport. Yeah,
1: you got to participate. Yes, because I, I got my master's um, in strategic communication at, Ooh, wow. from UTM. Yeah,
0: go Skyhawks.
1: Whoop, whoop. Um, and my final project was essentially about this, how news is now, it used to be that news, the media de- defined the agenda, set the agenda for people. We covered something and the public thought, well, because they're covering it, it's important, Now it's well, the public thinks that's important. So we as the media better cover that. And, and that is a very interesting shift. It can be positive, but it can also be really negative, because we start to cover things that do they actually matter? You know, do the Kardashians, should the Kardashians be at least Covered by the the ad, like news media that's covering like hard news and things like that, or should that be coordinated? You know what I mean? Like people are talking about the Kardashians, but that doesn't mean that we should news uh, cover right. yeah. them in our, You know what I'm saying? So we have to really be constantly questioning how we're how we're doing this.
0: Yo, DJ L Spade. If you like this podcast, you might like my other show, The Random Show, featuring Alex Lex Caliber Hunter. On The Random Show, we talk about yeah, random stuff. <laughs> Check us out on YouTube. That's random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B. Or on Instagram, just look up random. I know you got to go soon. Uh, we're almost in an hour. Yeah. But one more question, and then I I'll I'll yeah. swear I'll let you go. And thank you for the time. <laughs> but what do you think is the future of media or news media or media in general?
1: I think, that's a, I think that's a really good question. Um, and I don't know that I would necessarily call myself a visionary, but I don't think that we're going to, you know, because I definitely am not. I, 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 I have been just as surprised by many uh, at some of the things that have come down the pipeline. And in fact, one of the things that has surprised me the most was 10 years ago, uh, we got a memo uh, from, you know, work saying you're not allowed to get on Facebook at work. Oh, wow. And now that's where we break news, right? We don't wait for five o'clock. We break news on Facebook. So it's incredible how fast things have changed. But and I imagine that they will continue to change very fast like that. But I, I think I think we're going to see a lot more. I mean, I think streaming is where we're going. I'm honestly kind of almost shocked that at least TV has. And and I know what it is are it TV stations in general, and I want to say um, both as individual organizations, so like WPSD, let's just say WPSD is a battleship out on the ocean. Okay. We're a big, we're one of, we're a big battleship like many others. Some of our aircraft carriers, we're a battleship, we're a little smaller. You can't just turn a battleship on a dime, right? I mean, mm. you can't. You got to, You that's a process It takes a little time because there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And I think that's the problem the media is facing right now is, You know, we are, we got so big and we got so used to doing things the way that we did them because that's the way they were for decades and decades. And now all of a sudden, in an instant, it's changed. And we've got all this infrastructure built. We've got this way of doing things. It's hard to change a habit. And we certainly can't do it overnight. So it's taken us too long, frankly, too long to catch up with what, how you consume news. You know, we're still creating news for our parents and really our grandparents. Mm. That's who we're still kind of creating, like thinking along the lines of people sit down at five o'clock and watch the news. No, they don't. (laughs)
0: don't. No, they don't. (laughs) At all. You don't,
1: you probably, you probably don't watch newscasts at all. You probably, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is probably look at your phone and, and scroll through your news feed. That's where you're Mm -hmm. getting your news from. That's Mm -hmm. where I get my news from. I'll be honest. It is. And so, um, you know, as a journalist, I'm a nerd and I follow all the all the, you know, a lot of different TV stations and I follow NBC News and ABC News and all that stuff. But I mean, I'm that's the first thing I do. And so we we as an industry are a battleship and we're trying to turn it. We've, we have not been able to turn on a dime and keep up with the times quickly. Um, I think we're finally starting to get there. But as we're getting there, it's changing again. So it's just, we have to be more, as an industry, we have to be more flexible, we have to be more limber, and we're not. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. So my, ho- my my thought is, is that as we move forward, I think finally people are starting to take over these organizations that are kind of that mindset. I don't want to say younger, but more in tune with who is going to be our current and future audience you you know a 30 and 40 30 to 40 year old age group even the 20s um how do we get them to watch and Mm. that's being where they are and it's being limber and it's going with them and 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 turning course on a dime because that's what they do with that's what we do with our lives we have to be able to to turn on a dime so my, my thought is, is that as people take over that are, that see that and are putting, and, and as those people that are leading these organizations are putting people my age-ish or younger in charge, that as an industry overall, we start to become more limber and more flexible um, and able to meet the needs of the up and coming viewer. We'll see. I think it's happening. It's just slow. It's a slow thing. You know what I mean? And it, it shouldn't be, but it is. So.
0: And that is Jennifer Horbelt. Please tell the people where they can find you, <laughs> Ms. Horbelt. Well,
1: I work for WPSC in Paducah, Kentucky. We cover four states, um, but you can find me online too on Facebook. Uh, just search Jennifer Horbelt. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, although I'm not quite as active on Twitter as I should be. I'm more of a face. I'm more of a Facebook girl, but I'd love to see <laughs> you on my page.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you so very much for doing this, Jennifer. Like seriously, this is the some this entertainment is fun. right here. I'm telling you. We'll do it. We should do it again.
1: I like these little media conversations. This is good.
0: Oh, no, this is going to happen again. <laughs> this is a common house <laughs> podcast. DJ Space. <Elspay. laughs> Bye.